Paul was able, and here's my point, Paul was able to look beyond the problems and say these kind things about his friends in Rome. You know why? Because he loved them. He loved them in spite of their humanness, in spite of their weakness, in spite of their sinfulness. Because that's what good pastors do. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8, we read these words from Paul. And he expresses how he loved the Thessalonians. He said, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you, listen to this, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. You understand what Paul's saying there? He said, listen, I I don't desire just to, to give you the word of God. He said, I want to give you me. I want to give you my heart. I want to give you my soul. I love you and I'm vested in you and and I want to give you all that I have. You know, that's one of the things that, that, that makes a difference between someone who's just a preacher and someone who's a pastor. A preacher gives you a sermon. A pastor gives you his soul. A preacher is there for you on Sunday. But a pastor is there on Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday too. Yes, he's going to meet you at the hospital in the wee hours of the morning when your family has some kind of of medical emergency. It's, It's not going to be someone who's just a preacher. It's going to be somebody that has the heart of a pastor. You don't need someone who's just a preacher when your marriage is in trouble. You need a pastor. It's going to be your pastor who weeps with you and prays with you and counsels with you. It's going to be your pastor who rejoices when you rejoice and who weeps when you weep. Because that's what pastors do. I was giving some thought to this uh, yesterday and kind of went on a little Facebook rant there. You know, it just gripes me to no end that people want to go to church on TV. And now COVID has just given them a, a, a perfect opportunity, excuse to do that. Do you know who they're going to call when tragedy strikes? They're going to call that guy who labors every week in the Word. When their marriage is in trouble, they're going to call T.D. Jakes. They're not going to call Stephen Furtick. 
They're not going to call Greg Rochelle. They're not going to call Beth Moore. You know what they're going to call? They're going to call the guy that stands up here every Sunday and who loves you and preaches to you and impart God's word to you. Because that's what a pastor does. Celebrities don't do that. Pastors do that. But can I show you something from 2 Corinthians that unfortunately has been the experience of, of just about every good pastor I know? Look at it, 2 Corinthians 12, 15. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. That's the heart of a godly pastor. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. I can't tell you how many pastors have shared their heart with me about this very thing. About pouring their heart themselves into people. I'm talking their time and their energy and their effort, sometimes even their own material and financial resources, and it being those same people somewhere down the road who find it so easy to turn on them and criticize them and write unkind letters to them. And now... Rant on Facebook about them. That's sad. Paul said, listen, I gladly, I gladly spend and will be spent for you. That is not a problem. But sometimes it seems like the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. In the past 14 years, especially the last four, I've watched Pastor and, and, and Pastor Tyler and Jenny prove their love for you and for this ministry. If you have any question as to where their heart is, it's right here. They're all here. And I just pray. That, that their love will be reciprocated over and over again by the fellowship family. Just as it's been to Katie and I. And so having said that, real quick, I want to I give you seven, seven ways that you can love your pastor. Now when we get to number seven, don't zip up your Bible case. We got a few more points. These are just sub points. Seven ways you can love your pastor. Number one, love his wife. Love his wife. Listen, church, few things will encourage Pastor Tyler more than when you love Jenny Lee. And I'm sure Katie will have more to say about this Wednesday night, but ladies, let me just, let me just say this tonight. Thank you for loving Katie means the world to me. 
pastor's wives can be some of the most lonely people on the face of the earth. But I'm thankful that you have loved her and appreciated her and supported her. And I hope and pray that you will love your new pastor's wife like you've loved my wife. And please, please, ladies, listen. Love her, talking about Jenny, for who she is, not for who you wish she was. Is that fair? Love her for who she is, not for who you may want her to be. She is who God created her to be. She can't be anybody else. When my wife stepped into the pastor, pastor's wife role in 2000, she couldn't be Sandy Landis. Sandy was Sandy, Katie is Katie. And here we are 20 years down the line, Katie is still Katie. But Jenny's going to be Jenny. So love her for who she is. For what she brings to the ministry. Number two, love Kevin. Love Kevin. We have been blessed beyond measure by the way this church has loved our children. And, and this is so foreign to me. I, I, don't, I don't get this because I've never experienced this. I've never seen this here at Fellowship Baptist Church. But I'm telling you, church people can be vicious toward preacher's kids, unmerciful. And then they wonder why when those preacher's kids get older, they don't want to have anything to do with God or with church. It's because they've seen church people treat their parents so poorly. And they've been the recipients of some of those hateful and sarcastic and mean-spirited remarks on the part of people who are supposed to love God. And I'm thankful that I can stand here tonight and say that that has never, never been a part of our family's life. I think I speak well for Tiffany and, and for Tyler and, and certainly for TJ if he were here. That they have zero regrets having grown up as preacher's kids in Fellowship Baptist Church. Is that fair to say? This church has been incredible. I want to thank you for that because one of those three was not easy to love. <laughs> oh, that boy was Henri. And you know, I'll just say this. Man, I wish he was going to be here tonight. He was so proud of his brother. You wouldn't have thought it growing up. I'm telling you, he was so proud of what God was doing in his brother's life. <laughs> and when he got sideways on us, this church just loved us and loved him. I really believe that that's part of the reason why he found it so easy to come back to the Lord and come back to Fellowship Baptist Church. 
because he knew there were people here that loved him. Even at his worst, you loved him at your best. And I hope you'll do that for Kevin. He's a good kid. He's not perfect. Never will be. No preacher's kid has ever been perfect. Then I ask you to do this tonight. Love is preaching. Love is preaching. I'm not talking about his style or his mannerisms or his charisma. Here's what I'm talking about. To love the content of his preaching. I'm talking about what he labors over and prays over and prepares for you each and every week. I know people, dog pastors, about only working one day a week. But if they only knew all that led up to that one day, it would blow their mind. I mean, listen, you just don't open a Bible and, and, and sermons just jump out. I mean, if you've seen anything, you've seen that the Pastor Tyler gets in there and he digs it out. And he mines it and then he reduces it down into a small package that is like dynamite. That doesn't just happen. Appreciate the, the labor that, that he he puts into a message. And just encouraged when you love those that he loves the most, Jenny and Kevin, he's encouraged when you acknowledge your love for his preaching. Now listen, I'm, I'm not talking about going out of here and patting him on the back and bowing before him, talking about how great a preacher he is. That's all I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is supporting his preaching by saying amen. That's okay. At least nod your head. At least move so we know you're not a mannequin. Laugh at his stupid jokes. Boo him from now on when he makes fun of me. (laughs) Staff took me out for... uh, Breakfast Tuesday, little little early birthday breakfast, and one of the men of the church was there, and so he walks up to the table where we were, and he said, "Man, he said I, he said I tell you, it's like our music has went to another level with Brother Mike up there." <laughs> he was just giving Brother Tyler what for, and then he said, and he said this. He said, "I only have a few days to do this, because then he's the man." Love, love what he brings to you every time he opens the word of God. I'm telling you, it just does something to a pastor when he knows that his preaching, when he's preaching to people who want to hear God's word preached. And I hope, I hope, I hope that you will pray for your pastor's preaching. One of our dear, sweet ladies, been in love with the Lord for a long time, came through the line this morning, and she said, you know, Pastor, if people would just pray for their preacher's preaching every week, 
they would get something out of it every time. Now that's not coming from a 20 or 30 or 40 something. That's coming from a lady who's walked with God and been in a lot of church, churches and has heard a lot of preaching. And no doubt practices what she preaches. And I would challenge you to do that. Every Sunday, pray for your pastor and for his preaching. And I promise you'll get something out of it every single time. Number four, love him with your faithfulness. I'll try to hurry. I understand, listen, I understand you don't do what you do for your pastor. Whether it's me or Pastor Tyler, you do it for the Lord. I get that. But in doing it for the Lord, you're showing your love for the Lord. And if you love the Lord, you're going to be faithful to church. You're going to be faithful to your ministry responsibilities. And I'm telling you, being faithful to church and to your ministry responsibilities is a huge blessing to your pastor. Believe me, when you are where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there, it is a huge blessing. And then number five, this is a little different. Love him with your complaints. Stay with me here. Out of all the pastors I know, and I know a lot of pastors, not one of them claims to be perfect. Not one. Including this one or the one you are about to have. Now believe, believe me on this church. Pastor Tyler isn't perfect. I don't care what his mama says. He is not perfect. He doesn't walk on water. He, he's, not, he, he's not stronger than a locomotive. He doesn't leap tall buildings in a single bound. And if any of you have seen him run, he's not faster than a speeding bullet. Maybe faster than a herd of turtles. <laughs> but he's not fast. His mom's scowling at him like, that's my baby, you leave him alone. <laughs> well, your baby dogs me all the time. <laughs> but God has chosen him to be your next pastor. You will not agree with everything he does. You just won't. Say, well, am I not going to agree with I don't know, but you won't. We've got too many people for everybody to agree with everything he does. But when that happens, if you really love him, then you will go to him privately and in humility and grace and love, you will share your concerns with him. He's very approachable. Anyone, listen, anyone who truly loves their pastor will not be involved in gossip and trash talking. And that includes his mom and dad who will be your former pastor. And pastors, I was going to say this Wednesday night, I'll just say it tonight. Neither Katie nor I wish to be a part of any kind of gossip or criticism about our pastor. Your complaints don't come to us. <laughs> so don't, 
Don't make us be ugly to you. I've got a little smiley face right there. Don't make us be ugly to you and say, hey, listen, you're talking to the wrong person. Because we're not going to be party to that. It's not going to happen. Number six, love him when you don't understand him. Pastor Tyler already is and will continue to be involved in some of the most personal details of other people's lives. That's who we are as pastors. And he will be privy to things about people and about situations that he he simply cannot divulge. And unfortunately, it's in times like that that misunderstandings grow. Well, why isn't he doing this? Or why aren't you putting a stop to that? Or when are you going to deal with this problem or with that problem? Or, or, or where were you when this happened? Or why didn't you come when we asked? There, there will be a legitimate answer for every one of those questions. But sometimes you're just going to have to trust him when he says, I'm sorry. Does that make sense? So love him when you don't understand him. Because pastors are just sometimes in a precarious position. They, they, just, they just can't say anything when you think well they're not even dealing with this you have no clue no clue the truth is they may have been up until two o'clock the night before dealing with it so love him when you don't understand him and then number seven love him for a long time a wise church like this one will set her heart on loving her pastor for a long time. Not just putting up with him, but loving him. Loving him in the ways I just mentioned. Love his wife, love Kevin, love his preaching, love him with your faithfulness, love him with your complaints, love him when you don't understand. It's already been proven. The proof is in the pudding. That loving your pastor for a long time has amazing benefits. 25 years for Pastor Landis, 20 years for me. I hope at least 20 years or more for Pastor Tyler and Jenny. Just love them for a long time. Number two, your pastor's plan. Look at verse 15, we'll hasten. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you, here it is, as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God. It's not easy to, to say exactly what a, what a pastor does because a pastor does so many different things. No, no two days in the ministry are, are the same. But there is one thing that he must do and he must do well. He must preach the word of God. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. 
I've mentioned a number of things already that are involved in, in being a pastor. But church, understand this tonight, please. All of those things must, of necessity, take a back seat to the preaching of the Word of God. That is his first and foremost responsibility. Not to attend your child's recital, not to attend your child's uh, baseball game, not to attend an out-of-town funeral. If he can do that, great. But listen, his first priority has to be the preaching of the Word of God. Paul talks in this verse about reminding the Romans of some things. And I can speak from experience here that one of the challenges of a long-term pastor is figuring out how to say the same thing in a different way. And how to do it over and over and over again. I could take you to eight or ten verses of scripture where Paul talks about reminding the people of God. And you know why he, he, he was constantly reminding people of things from God's word? Because number one, people are forgetful. Number two, people are easily distracted. And number three, people think they know more than they do. And I, I put this on the screen on purpose. Bring this quote up there, would you please? God bless pastors who do not endlessly chase after new ideas and the latest fads, but faithfully and creatively and repeatedly with much love and courage and wisdom remind their people of those great gospel truths that save the soul, nourish the heart, and renew the mind so that the church is full of transformed people. Translated, be thankful for a man who's going to stand in his pulpit and just preach the word of God. You know why Pastor Tyler, or me for that, for, for that matter, you know why Pastor Tyler didn't feel the need to, to do what so many other pastors around the nation did, some even in our own community, with respect to the George Floyd death and all of this racial injustice thing? You know why he didn't stand up here and just preach? preach? I mean, I, I, I've talked to some preachers and their people have just been at them. When are you going to preach on that? When are you going to preach on that? When are you going to preach on that? You know when Pastor Tyler's going to address those kind of issues? When it comes up in the text. It's that simple. He'll address it when God addresses it. He's not going to stand up here and go on rants and raves and follow fads and, and all of that stuff. I, I loved what he told me. You say, well, is he insensitive to it? No. Not at all. He keeps up with what's going on in society and in our culture Listen, he's on top of all of that. But he wants to be a Bible preacher. Not an issues-oriented preacher. So when it comes up, it'll come up. Him and I were talking about that very thing. And I love what he said. He said, Dad, the best way I can combat racial injustice is to just preach the Bible. 
You know why? Because when you preach the gospel truths, it saves the soul, it nourishes the heart, and it renews the mind. And if you and I will just respond to the word of God when it's preached, we won't have a race problem. We won't have a problem seeing that everybody is created equal in the eyes of God. We won't have a problem understanding that everybody can be saved and everybody needs to be saved. And the gospel is for everybody. Look around. We have no problem with racial inequality. For crying out loud. No, there's no sense in jumping on some pastoral fad. Well, I got to address it. No, you don't. If there's one thing I've learned from your new pastor, it's this, that you don't have to do that. Because that's not my nature. My, my nature is to address what's going on. And sometimes not very tactfully. And sometimes in the flesh. But you know what I found when I just wait for God to bring it up in the, because you know how Pastor Tyler's going to preach next chapter, next verse. When he gets done with one book, he'll go to another book. And by the time he ends here, I hope he's preached through every book of the Bible, including Song of Solomon. <laughs> if you're wondering why people are laughing, go home and read the Song of Solomon. I have always said, you got to be an old preacher if, you, if you're going to preach the Song of Solomon. But seriously, when he's preaching the Bible and, and different things are addressed that are culturally relevant, he'll address them. So, I don't even know what that point was. I kind of got lost there. That's your pastor's plan is to preach the word of God. All right, let's hurry. Your pastor's desire, verse 16, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering, watch this, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I love how Paul illustrates his ministry to the Gentiles. And expresses his heart's desire. The picture there is of a priest offering up a sacrifice. But Paul isn't talking about the dead sacrifices of the Old Testament. They were living sacrifices. They were the Gentiles who had been saved as a result of his preaching ministry. Listen, the best pastors like Pastor Tyler do not use people their ministries they use their ministries to build people to the best pastors the ministry is not about big buildings and big offerings and big crowds it's about being able one day to offer up to the Lord those souls that he has had a part in reaching either through his personal soul winning or through his preaching ministry and that's what Paul's joy was he said I get to lift them up I get to offer them up unto God Listen, compared to the honor of presenting men and women to the Lord Jesus Christ, this world has nothing, nothing to offer a godly pastor. A godly pastor is all about preparing people for eternity. 
That's a lot more important than many of the things that some pastors live for. And here's the last one, verse 17 and 18, your pastor's motivation. Paul said, I have therefore, whereof I may glory, note this, through Jesus Christ, in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. In short, Paul's motivation was the glory of God, not his own. In case you didn't get to see the article in the paper about our pastoral transition, when the reporter asked Pastor Tyler about the legacy that he hoped to leave behind, here's what he said, and I'm quoting, I want our family to be a part of something bigger than us and part of something only God can take credit for. Church, what better motivation is there than that? To say, you know what I want to see happen? I want to see God do something here that I can't take credit for, that my family can't take credit for. I don't know what that does to your heart, but it blesses my heart. So by this time, this time next week, I will no longer be at the helm of the Good Ship Fellowship. But I'm confident that it will be in the hands of a good and competent captain because his hands will be in the hands of the ultimate captain. Whether they realize it or not, or to what degree they realize it, their lives are about to change. To such a degree that only the hand of God can guide them. Only the presence of God can sustain them. And only the power of God can keep them. So as we prepare for the invitation tonight, what, what do we do? Pastor, what do we do? Love them, follow them, encourage them, support them, and pray, pray, pray for them. Let's do that tonight, can we as a church? We just gather around the altar tonight and just spend a time of prayer for Pastor Tyler and Jenny and Kevin. And There's so many things we could pray for them pray for them about just pray that, that God's hand would be upon them that God would build a hedge of protection about them that God would keep them healthy and that God would use them in ways 
that would be absolutely beyond, be so far beyond anything they could have ever imagined. So let's, let's gather around the altar tonight and then I'll, I'll close in prayer in just a few minutes. We come before you this evening, and well, I'm thankful for the time that we've been able to just talk a little bit about the man who will begin to fill the pulpit here very soon. 
God, it's no mistake. That in a van, on a road trip, seemingly out of nowhere, you just laid it on his heart to come back home. God, it's no mistake that you have elevated him to where you've elevated him in our church and in our community. Lord, it's easy to see. It's easy to see that he's the right man and that this is the right time. So Lord, help us to embrace it, be encouraged by it, be blessed by it. Thank you for these good people. Thank you for giving us this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, you come. Church, thank you for being here tonight. I encourage you to come back and be with us again on, on Wednesday. Um, I hope you got one of these transition books. These are pretty cool little stroll down memory lane. I don't know how many people, how many people came out this morning and said, Pastor, I like you a lot better without hair. <laughs> Amen. Hey, you know my motto. They don't put marble tops on cheap furniture. This is good stuff right here. And I look back at this and I'm like, dude, seriously? I had them glasses that turn black when you're out in the dark. And then when you come back inside, they don't turn white for 15 minutes. Wow, what a gomer. What a gomer. If you're <laughs> Shut up, Rick. Now, if your name's Gomer or you have someone in your family named Gomer, I'm sorry. That's on you. But really a great, great stroll through memory lane. I hope you'll take one of these and, and to look at it and laugh at it. Just don't post it on Facebook, okay? There's been enough of that nonsense throughout the week. So, uh, hey, a couple of things real quick we need to go over. Um, Five-day uh, club for kids. That starts tomorrow. With Ricky Emmons, got some folks here that are going to help him and others I know will be helping him as well. Uh, this is for children ages 5 through 12. Uh, it's being sponsored uh, by Child Evangelism, Child Evangelism Fellowship. And so I, I hope that you will avail yourself of that opportunity for your own kids. You don't have to pre-register. Just bring them tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Uh, Brother Ricky, bring them to the gym. Is that where you're going to be? So bring them to the gym. And they'll register them when they get there. Uh, it'll be from 10 until 11.30. And um, so that'll be all week. And there will be 90 minutes of activities, games, prizes, Bible teaching from trained volunteers. So again, we didn't get to have vacation Bible school uh, this year. Uh, so this may be the closest thing to it. And so um, involve yourself in that. I know it would be a huge blessing. Of course, Transition Weekend, we, we've talked about all of that. Um, Friday night, 6 o'clock, is Pastor Tyler's ordination service. Uh, Saturday night is the concert with Jim and Melissa Brady. And then Sunday, don't forget, we have one service in the morning, not two, so it'll start at 10 o'clock on uh, Sunday. And then uh, a, a fully catered barbecue meal Next Sunday afternoon at 5.30, where's uh, Brother Elijah? 
Did you find out from him? Okay, the booklet says that we are going to start next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. If we are, we're going to have to eat fast. So here's the deal. Just come and eat with us at 5.30 and we'll start in here when we start in here. Okay, I don't think it's going to be 5, but maybe they know something I don't know. Man Up Weekend, man, they had a great video for that and we didn't get to see it. Uh, maybe we'll get to see it next week. Uh, that's a great event. The pastor that, that Pastor Tyler's preaching for uh, today, Brother Clark Bozier, will actually be doing our Man Up event. And he'll be preaching here on the, on the 16th all day. You're going to love Brother Clark. He's just a tremendous, tremendous man of God. And you'll love him and his family very, very much. And so with all of that, kiddos, don't forget about the, your sermon notes. Don't forget about the chest of Joe Ash. Church, go out and have a great week this week. We'll see you on Wednesday. Father, bless the offering. Bless the giving of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. you're dismissed. If you haven't got a booklet, they should be on your way out. Grab one of those per family.